1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back after a two-month hiatus to the of wire Hashtag After Dark Champions League show. My name is Jack Burkhart. I am joined, as usual, by Ryan Balangi. And Ryan, it was a long, cold two months without Champions League. Premier League's finally back. You know, we were playing FA Cup midweek. It it was sick. And uh, finally, some civilized DFS is back to us. How are you feeling about Champions League knockout rounds being back, Ryan.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, not so much for this slate. I mean, being that, you know, it's just it's Man City against Copenhagen. and We have to deal with that. But, you know, I guess uh, every so often we get these Man City slates. But in general, yeah, I'm excited to have Champions League back. Premier League went well over the weekend. Finally got another King of the Pitch ticket. I know you had a good weekend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Champions League is more exciting usually bigger prizes usually a better sweat um yeah we'll have some big matchups coming up the this leipzig real madrid game's interesting again like i my my excitement is always sort of lesson for these two game slates where man city is such a big favorite we see you know we, we break down similar slates so often and they're all they're similar in a lot of ways but Yeah, still excited, Jack. I don't know. How are you feeling? I I feel pretty good about it. Um, I was
1: kind of dreading that it was a Manchester City slate. And then I remember this Copenhagen team, you know, they're going to be playing at home. They have some teeth to them. They gave, I mean, maybe it's not as uh, impressive to be giving Bayern Munich a hard time given their league form lately. But I don't know. I was looking at the implied goal totals, and of course, you know, we're going to want to play Manchester City pieces with an implied goal total just shy of 2.3. But the match seems like a better environment in Real Madrid versus RB Leipzig. I was, we'll talk about the teams, I think, before we get into DFS even. But if you scroll up for that matchup, Real Madrid are really suffering with a lot of injuries. I mean, not only in the attack, Jude Bellingham is out for the next two to three weeks with an ankle injury of some sort. It doesn't matter what it is. He's out. But you're looking, their center backs. They don't have any of their preferred center backs. So, you know, Shu is an incredible player, but he's not a natural center back. And I think RB Leipzig want to play attacking uh, soccer. And I think they're going to play very aggressively. Should be a back and forth match. I mean, Real Madrid are slight favorites, but I... Kind of like the prices, at least in tournaments, on some of these RB Leipzig players, Ryan. I think that's, if you can find a way to maybe play a bit more balanced, the pricing on the RB Leipzig guys is quite good. It's an angle I sort of like. I don't know. what. Maybe we can just talk about both of these matchups first, Ryan. I mean, that's a little bit of news that we have on Real Madrid and RB Leipzig. What do you think of both these teams after a couple months' layoff, and how do you see this match going?
2: Um, yeah, you said it. Madrid are down some center backs um didn't cost them over the weekend where they won 4-0 against Giro- Girona with Chuameni and Carvajal playing center back. Um you know their their midfield is is so good that it's just always tough to score against them. But Leipzig have a good attack and they've been scoring plenty of goals and you know Bellingham out too. It is, yeah, it's not quite as strong of a Madrid team. And Leipzig will feel like they absolutely have to score if they're, in this match if they're going to have any chance of advancing. So, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And, and then City, we've seen at times, you know, Pep, Pep would prefer not to concede rather than score a bunch of goals, um, especially in these away legs when they're first um like if city got up if city gets up to nothing i have i've seen so many times where they just sort of stop scoring sub guys and just like pass the ball around and so yeah i i think i agree with with the implied totals um you know it's easier to see the leipzig madrid game being back and forth with goals at least i think um and yeah some of the prices on the leipzig guys I like too, and I like some players on leipzig um and then, yeah, with city, you know k d b is underpriced eighty six hundred I think I mean, I don't know why they always do that. You should for sure be ten k. It's just not even a decision. I mean, you could be more expensive than that, all too, nine seven, so I think you know, for cash games and just like optimal construction seems pretty straightforward that the first three players in are kdb holland and david rom and then go from there i don't know is that how you see it yeah that's how i see it i had
1: a two and a half locks i think david rom is just instant in there he's taking most of the set pieces chavi simmons takes a few for rb leipzig as well but at 4700 at home and there's really no one to play at defender i think he is a lock button play so is kevin de bruyne I mean, Holland's probably a lock, especially in a two-game slate. I find that when uh, he gets service from Kevin De Bruyne, that's a little bit better for his uh, open shot floor. And at minus one sixty-five on the two-game slate, it's almost a showdown dynamic. You just don't want to be falling behind Holland. Although it it's defensible not to play him because you do have decent alternative options. I just don't really get it. I think you just want to. You're going to spend up twice. I think you're going to want to use him once. I think he's easily one of the top two options. And then you just have to choose what you want to do. Ryan, I think the optimal construction is going to be spending up twice at forward, whether you want to maybe try to find a way to make um, Erling Haaland and Vinny Jr. work. Maybe someone like Jeremy Doku starts in the left wing. In this starting lineup, we have Jack Grealish. Uh, Bernardo Silva and KDB are almost certain to start. They rested over the weekend. You could see Doku on that wing. Foden usually plays on the right, but you could see Foden as well. That wouldn't be insane. You could even see Oscar Bob, Ryan. You know, We'll see who's at that left spot, but like someone like Doku at 8,400, I would probably play him, and then you can make the rest of the lineup work. Cash construction looking like that, and then maybe you look at a Chavi Simmons or a Tony Cruz type, someone who has a set-piece role, that second midfielder spot. Brahim Diaz will look like a good value. He's going to be operating as sort of a central attacking threat. He'll play about 75 minutes. He's probably a little bit underpriced, Ryan, at 5,700. And then I think you just plugged the last few spots in, but I don't know. Did we just uh, solve cash? We didn't solve all the player one V ones. We'll talk about it, but I I think that you're going to see a lot of lineups in all formats that look a lot like that.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think I guess second midfield is a decision maybe for cash. Like, do you play Cruz or not? Um, I don't know. I guess we're, we're kind of jumping around, but that seemed I guess like that seemed like the biggest decision to me. Yeah, that I completely I agree. agree. Spend up at forward twice. You could play Vinny. Um definitely could play Doku for a thousand cheaper. Yeah, I could see him starting. And then yeah, you could play Foden or Alvarez, whoever it is. But yeah, I think I think you probably want to spend up at forward twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I said Vinny Ryan, and that's because I always want to play him and his game logs are just absolutely insane lately. I think uh probably had the best game of his life against corona he made um jan kuto cry afterwards which <laughs> says quite a lot about how how well he played on that and
2: um, yeah i think it's no i i think it's fine to just i think he's it's fine if you if to make Vinny a priority if if you feel that way i mean you can easily afford it Yeah.
1: I mean, the other options, it would be completely fine to play Julian Alvarez. Ryan, I haven't been able to watch too much Manchester City lately. Game logs show that there is a little bit of – they show one game where Kevin De Bruyne took almost all the set pieces, and I believe that was against Brentford when they went down early. And then there's like a little bit of a split. There's a split last – over the weekend against Everton because I believe Kevin De Bruyne was a sub. So I I think he does have the alpha role. Like he's going to take just about everything. Is that correct or am I missing – I believe that's correct.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think he pretty much has the alpha role over Alvarez. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going, or that's, yeah, that's my thinking.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking at guys, you know, if you want to, you can play, Vinny's just a hundred more than Alvarez. It's not as good a total, but I mean, Vinny's going to have to maybe carry the team a little bit more with Jude gone and with Alvarez without the set pieces, I feel like you're kind of playing towards similar outcomes game where he gets fed a lot. He gets a lot of shots. You want something a little bit back and forth. So I think it's a somewhat similar thesis, but maybe I should just lean towards the total instead of get fancy play syndrome and cash. And then, uh, I don't know, 9100 for Foden feels a little bit expensive, but it's the same reasoning as Alvarez, I think. Doku is the tempting one, I think. I think I'd probably just take the $1,000 in savings because I think that might make a little bit of a difference, especially if you want to play Tony Cruz. Like, Ryan, there's no playing Tony Cruz. I, there's no reasonable way to play Tony Cruz that I see that involves you also playing Vinny. Cause I think you're going to have to punt at three line of spots. And I don't like doing that on two game slates where points can be kind of scarce or come in clumps.
2: Yep. I agree. I think it seems a little too tough to afford Cruz if you spend up at second forward, but I still want to like, I guess I'm saying Cruz seems just a little too expensive for this spot. Um, I don't know, though. It's tough because he has been pretty good with a pretty high floor for the most part recently. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's always sort of a tough decision with Cruz in these spots. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just my gut was leaning towards fading. But I don't know, Jack. I wish I had a better answer. Um, as far as, like, Do- Doku and Foden, I would push back a little and just say that Foden's been so much better, Um, real life and fantasy. Uh, Always playing ninety minutes, scoring more, shooting more. Just like so, you know he should be more expensive, and I'd rather play him than Doku. But uh, you know I wouldn't like try to find the seven hundred for sure. I think you know, like you said, if you needed the salary, it might be more important, but. Like, if they were the same price, you would much rather play Foden.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point to make about Foden. I guess uh, the game logs look excellent, and my comment was one of a frustrated Foden player, you know, maybe a couple months ago.
2: But yeah, could he he's really been standing be out in the last month or two. Like, I know KDB's back now, so it's a little bit different, but, like, he, he's he been really good. Yeah, I mean, all those guys are absolutely in play.
1: Um yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's the cash game range. We can talk about some sort of tournament type of constructions, because if you want to start switching the salary construction a little bit, you do have some options to spend down. Again, these are more like GPP targets. I'm not going to be advocating for, you know, Lois Appenda as an option in cash games, but in tournaments, he offers a little bit of savings, sometimes takes direct free kicks. I've noticed that in his game logs, and I've noticed that in his set piece logs. And uh, Ryan, we cannot quit Benjamin Sesco, who's been playing at least 75 minutes. He's got two 90s under his belt. Good, talented young player at 6,100. It's a tournament name that um, I am unfortunately going to click. I will probably be over the field in my uh, you know 23 lineups in this flagship GPP. But anything to just get a little bit different and maybe just be able to spend your salary a little different way. That one little wrinkle, I, I think that's an angle that I like. Um what do you think of that? Do you think I have to quit Sesco after he lost me the king of the pitch ticket?
2: Or, uh... No, yeah, that, that was unfortunate, but no, we're not quitting Sesco. Um, we've been talking about him since the start of the season, and Leipzig finally realized that he's probably their best striker already, and he started five or six straight. And he scored in three straight games, um, still only 20 years old, He's just, he's honestly so good. He'll, he's gonna, he'll be playing for a bigger club in a few years. For DFS, however, he really doesn't have a floor. Um, you know, he's six foot four and he's, he's great in the air. So, you know, he's sort of going to be a target man, but he does have skills to score other types of goals too. But yeah, just not much of a floor, but that's okay because you're getting a pretty big discount here. Like on a two game slate, let's just assume that, uh, Copenhagen don't score any goals obviously they could but if you assume they don't um Sesco is by far the cheapest forward out of the other three teams so that on its own at least I think so yeah that just by itself is makes me makes him interesting and then just the fact that yeah I think he's one of the most likely players on the slate to score um so yeah I'll be over on Sesco as well. Yeah, I mean... Oh, sorry, Openda. Uh, yeah, Openda, everything you said is right. Uh takes some direct free kicks sometimes. He missed a big penalty kick over the weekend that would have won the game for Leipzig. Um, I wish I knew more about Leipzig. I mean, d- d- he probably stays on penalties, but you never know. It, w- it was a very poor penalty. Uh, he had a chance to win it for him in like the 81st minute. Not... just something to think about. It's not something that you like to hear, but... Uh... no. Yeah, it's like at seven. But he's been in good form, too. He's good. Like he, He's he's a really good player. I think he has one
1: of the highest goal-scoring odds of the slate, if you scroll up. Yeah, second most, just second only to uh, Erling Haaland. So a name that deserves some attention for that reason. He's in an awkward price range where Sesco presents clear savings and clear ways to sort of add a little bit more value to various lineup spots. Yeah, you know, Appenda, you're kind of going to middle it a little bit, but maybe that just means that people are going to be less likely to click on his name, you know, that, you know, on the one hand, it's like, Oh, it's contrarian. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad. On the other hand, he's priced a little bit close to pretty close, not at the same level, but only a little bit cheaper than Manchester city
2: options. So depending on yeah, your starts. So it's concerning. You, you, you'd think that uh, you'd think that Sesco will be more popular, but that's, but like, uh, you know, in a vacuum, Opendo is probably the better play or, you know, you know, more likely to score at least according to the odds. And, that's interesting. Lesser owned and more likely to have a good game. That's a good combination for a GPP play.
1: Yeah. I, I'll try to click his name a few times, I think. Um two more questions for you, Ryan. One question, it's kind of cash. So you mentioned if Copenhagen don't score, you know, then you're looking at Openda being no, sorry, at Sesco being one of the cheaper forwards. One name I noticed is all the Copenhagen guys are cheap and you're looking and I was looking at Elias Achuri. He's 4K. Now, you're going to spend up at another spot if you like punted at a second forward, at a second forward position. But, Ryan, there's like a cash construction where if you want to play Kevin De Bruyne, Chavi Simmons, maybe I'm too high on Chavi Simmons. You can let me know that later when we talk about midfield and Tony Cruz. You can punt at one of those forward positions. I don't think I recommend it because you're left with a little bit of salary. It's like, okay, I spend up a goalkeeper. Second defender's a little bit gross. I think it's a defensible construction, though. I just don't want to fall behind 20 points at a second forward position because it's easy to imagine. I don't know. It's tough to imagine that, you know, of the four popular forwards, that, you know, two or three of them fail, and that's enough to carry you through. And it's tough to imagine, you know, I like Xavi Simmons. I like Tony Cruz. It's tough to imagine both of them making up enough in order to push you over. Um, I don't
2: know. Maybe a cute tournament construction, but what do you think about yeah that Ryan. Um yeah, it is interesting. I looked at it. I think it would have been more interesting if if Bellingham would have been playing, right? Cuz it would have been you would have sort of needed that construction to get up to KD, KDB and Bellingham. Um but yeah, if you want to play those like the three most expensive midfielders or the three best midfielders, that's one of the only ways to do it. I do think uh, uh, Javi Simons is like, yeah, a little bit better value than people might think. I'm interested in him. Um, you know, he he seems – he takes a few corners here and there. Rahm takes most. But, you know, he plays long – he's been playing 80-plus minutes most of the time and more likely to go 90 than Danny Olmo. So, yeah, I do think he's decent value.
1: Yeah, again, going up to the RB Leipzig lineup, Danny Olmo is back in the lineup mostly playing 70 minutes. I'm not too interested in him. I am more interested in Simons. I thought he was taking a few more corners, I guess he does he gets more of the direct free kicks as well. So maybe I've been talking about maybe not so I'm a little bit cooler on him from a cash perspective, but he's a player who you know has access to good floor games randomly and then can score to back it up and Ryan I always just for better or for worse I always try to be over on that profile of the guy who can sneak a huge floor and just score one goal. It's just uh it's just so powerful in
2: DF. Absolutely.
1: So my other question, I was scrolling through all the names. I'm like, okay, I don't want to play Bernardo Silva because Pep's going to use him more to like, you know, be a little bit more defensive. Bernardo's a fantastic player and he does it all. I was staring at Rodrigo at 8,700, and one of the frustrating things I've noticed looking at Real Madrid game logs is that you know Vinny Jr. and Rodrigo they've been subbed at the 75th minute. You have Housalu on the bench, but it's Again, injuries are really hurting them. And now you have Jude Bellingham off. So you figure that the first attacking sub that's going to be made will be Brahim Diaz. That might be a little bit good for Rodrigo. Maybe I can project something like 80 minutes for him. That's another name. I just don't imagine the field gravitating towards too much. I mean, he was incredible, I think, back in November and December. And we all know he's one. He's a fantastic player. And uh, do you think that he will get overlooked in tournaments? Or do you think people are going to be pretty... I guess are people going to be more dialed into Manchester city? Cause if not, then Rodrigo seems like a pretty cute pivot off of some of those options.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I was thinking about it the same way. I think he'll be a bit underowned for this slate. I thought he was one of the better GPP options for everything you said. Yeah. I do think he's a favorite to play longer than 80 minutes. So that's good enough to, to me. I wouldn't worry about that. Um, And yeah, he's been so impressive this season. Um, Like, yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I think he's one of the better GPP plays on the slate. If ownership, if he if he comes in, you know, significantly less popular than the city guys, which I think he probably will. Yeah,
1: I feel like he's a player who I can play with Erling Holland in the main GPP because he'll be lower owned. Maybe people get. Rodrigo and Vinny stuck together. Maybe I can just play Rodrigo on his own and hope that, you know, it just goes Rodrigo's way instead of Vinny. Those were a couple of thoughts going through my head that I'm still going to, you know, process and sleep on overnight, I think. But yeah, I mean Ford's pretty interesting. There's a lot of options, some clumps pricing, but I think different way I think there's some different ways to play it. Um, I think we also talked about literally every player. It's a two game slate. So Ryan, do you have anything more that you want to get off your chest?
2: Um no. Yeah. It's t- I think we hit it all.
1: Yeah. Um, as we said, Kevin De is probably going to be a lock in all formats. He's just too cheap at 8600 or whatever his price is. Um, you'll notice on the cheat sheet that it only has – one thing to keep in mind, it only has UCL stats, so you won't see Kevin De Bruyne there. So one thing that you might want to do when you're researching players a little bit more is hit on their game logs, and then I have a bunch of tabs up. There's a bunch of fun tools you can use for your research. Like I like this DFS trends tab if you go to EPL – and you can sort by game starting and floor if you want to see, you know, roughly what are the floor trends on the players. And, you know, if you want to know a little bit more about how, say, you know, a team like um, RB Leipzig operates, I don't I don't play too much Bundesliga DFS. You can pull up all of their information on the associated tab. So make sure you use all the roadwire tools to help out your research as much as possible. So roadwire.com backslash soccer. Please sub and like the video. We have a bunch of people viewing, so like, leave a comment, all that stuff is very helpful. All right, back to the cheat sheet. Ryan, you mentioned Jude Bellingham, maybe, uh, you know, his presence kind of ruins a lot of strategy in the slate, in my opinion, because his presence was going to make it very difficult to pay up twice at forward, and he was going to be in serious consideration to play. And Yeah, I think it's it's just a big bummer. We were gonna talk about midfield, but I'm wondering just how Real Madrid are going to be affected with Jude Bellingham gone. I mean, he's a complete midfielder in every way, and he's he has a really good sense for getting forward as well. And like I think Brahim Diaz is a decent player, but like I mean, come on, like there's gonna be that's a big disruption in the force sort of linking those attacking players and also just being a complete midfielder at the same way. I just don't know how Real Madrid are going to cope with his absence, Ryan.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a very fair point. To be honest, you might be talking about just the best midfield player ever. It's it just if you complete player. Um, so, yeah, I don't, like. He, there's never been anyone like be- Bellingham that plays the way he does. Um, I agree, though, it's a bummer for the slate because it, it added a big decision. And he, and he was expensive. And now it, it just... It, Yeah, it's going to mean everyone's just going to pay for these city guys and be on similar constructions. Um, As far as like, yeah, what Real Madrid do, I don't know, Jack. I don't really know. I just, I think it probably, just in general, it makes them uh, not as potent offensively. I don't know, more reliant on Vinny and Rodrigo um, to to come up with something. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It makes me, yeah, sort of less, I don't want to say less interested in the game, but, like, you could see Madrid being a little bit more cautious than usual, especially with uh, their center backs out as well. There's no advantage
1: to any away goals. You kind of feel like maybe Real Madrid are happy to get out 1-1 or something like that. I mean, it's Real Madrid. They're never happy with a draw, but, like, you know, they'll want to be able to make sure that they can win this at home in a reasonably level field, because they will be pretty big favorites when they're back in, back in Spain. But yeah, um,
2: yeah it's, like, a, it's a, it's a good segue into Tony Cruz because like, I, I think they, they'd be happy. They'd be happy to just not concede. But if Leipzig score early, it's a pretty good spot for Cruz. He's been playing, uh, 90 minutes relatively often and having some pretty big floor games taking most of the of the corners I mean so normally I I don't really play Cruz in GPPs but that's really for six game slates there's certain scenarios where if City only score one or two goals and they're both Holland or one is Holland and yeah Cruz can still have a double digit floor game and and be viable in any format Um, It's always such a tough decision with Cruz. I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of um, forward-eligible players that you can play in a midfield spot in that range either. So, you know, it feels like relative to the midfield position, that type of score, it it seems like it would be okay given the context of the slate. I had noticed, Ryan, I can pull up his um, logs on the cheat sheet. He has been getting more minutes, mostly takes the set pieces. Things are a little bit more complicated when Luka Modric is on the pitch. And I guess the one nice thing about Real Madrid is like they've probably posted their lineup already. They always like post their lineup like 3 hours early, so you have plenty of time to study the bench and try to look through the logs and see what the sub patterns are. I just wonder who if Modric is on the bench, he's probably going to play a role.
2: I think he's fit. Maybe I missed a piece of news, but um yeah, you know, why he'll probably end up starting. I just see it like what he he hasn't started the last two games, but like have I missed something? I mean, he's he had been a regular starter are, Were they, are they like resting him to start him in the champs league here? I mean, he's 38 years old. Um, but yeah, so we'll just look for that. But if he does start, I mean, it would totally take me off cruise. Yeah. Um, not that like, I would just figure that Modric may take a corner or two. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I w I wouldn't. Yeah. It would take me off cruise if Modric also started.
1: Yeah, it's literally on my homework sheet to like look for old Real Madrid lineups and like just see who's been subbing on for Cruz. Like, okay, if it's like I'm more concerned about, you know, about Modric subbing on for him than like Danny Ceballos in a big Champions League game, and that would probably happen later anyways. But yeah, those are some ways I see Cruz failing, which are somewhat concerning. But I think in cash games the set piece role is quite good. Um, just a little bit tough to afford at seventy two hundred. You said he's just like a little bit overpriced. Mm-hmm. But it's a, also a little bit gross to fade him. Um, right. I, yeah. It's I, a,
2: it's, a, it's such a weird one.
1: Yeah, I think in my first lineup, I had both Vinny and Holland. That kind of stresses the price. I think you can use someone like Brahim Diaz in cash, just because it's going to be a the game has a very healthy total, and he's going to be in an attacking role. I believe he's at fifty seven hundred. I have to re pull up the midfield spots on the cheat sheet, but that seems okay. He's someone who can bail you out and put up a big score. But I really feel like most of the time, you know, Cruz is offering, you know, seven extra points, something like that ahead of Diaz and cash games. And that just might be a little bit tough to make up.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's going to be almost impossible to make up if you don't get a nice score from whoever you spend up for at second forward. Yeah, that's exactly it's like Vinny gets a ho-hum 12 points right
1: you're probably you're probably behind in a pretty bad way in
2: the double ups the other the other side of that is cruz also cruz also has you know he's still not the safest you know he still has some bust outcomes in him which is why you know we're not just jamming him in um yeah i wish I had something more definitive
1: I don't think it's a definitive situation i think we'd be a little dishonest if we uh if we felt too certain about how that will go. Um, Ryan, is this, uh, is this the Fetty
2: Valverde spot of the century? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um, I mean, we made it a half hour before, before speaking his name. Yeah. Overbetters are, uh, in shambles right now. You know I may be biased. I I don't know, Jack. It's, it, seem, it's, it seems it's seems a sort of wishful thinking. He's clearly playing more defensive this year. He's just not getting as forward or taking as many shots. Um so like he doesn't jump off the the board as a good DFS play. I think he's a fine play just because he's such a good player. Like, you know, he probably has a 6 point floor and then you know, he's not as likely to score or assist or he was, as he was in previous seasons he got one over the weekend but um watched a couple Madrid games recently and I don't think there's anyone in the world that can take the ball from one box to the other faster than Valverde like watching him in in full flow it's just unbelievable I went to I had to go to transfer market today just to check they still got him valued at 100 million so don't just take my word for it he's up up to 25 years old now. I saw there's only they only they have 14 players valued at 100 million or higher. Seven of them are on this slate. Um, it doesn't even include KDB, but uh, yeah, so a lot of top players. But yeah, you know, back to I I like Valverde. I mean, he's just he's such a good player. But for DFS, I can't really recommend him. Like he's fine just because he's in a decent game environment and you know he can he can score 30 yard rockets. Um, he can assist to Vinnie or you know the one thing I was thinking. Is it possible he he's needed uh, to help the attack more with Bellingham out? You know, I don't want to say that, but maybe um, he was doing I mean, that he, last. He was doing that last season,
1: and he offers a more attacking role. It's not like he can't do it, right? Like he's just he can do everything, but like he offers a more attacking role when he's playing for Uruguay as well. I think, and um, I don't know. Maybe he has a little bit more. Maybe he gets a little bit more freedom. At the same time, he's kind of responsible for really keeping things tight at the back i think for he does a lot of uh what is it water pail carrying or you know whatever yeah
2: you know, he know. he does he, he absolutely does so yeah like i don't really want to tout him as a good play that being said i'm still gonna play some
1: yeah i mean looking in the price range i mean there's not Kama a lot Vang, there there's not a lot there Kamaving is a decent player but he's not gonna be like playing at left back or anything i mean a lot of these these real madrid guys are just like just so absurdly talented that I just don't want to say like, Oh, don't play Kamavenga, but like, it doesn't profile as the best DFS play. It's kind of in an Island in that price range. Brahim Diaz will be chalk. Maybe you want to play Fetty and maybe that 600 gets you a little something. I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, not I think the you, word.
2: You said it. Yeah. You sort of said what I'm thinking They're I forget what you said, but they're so good. They're not great plays, but they're so good that like you can consider it. Like Kamavinga, um his game logs won't really show, but like I think you can take a chance on him. He's actually got a wicked left foot shot on him. Like you'll see him score the odd goal from from outside the box. You'll see him pick up an assist like once in a while. All he has to do is pass it to Vinny or Rodrigo and they dribble past somebody and score. Um, so like, yeah, there, there's just, there's not a lot in this range. Like, I don't really want to play the Leipzig guys. Um, there's no one on city. So I do think it makes some sense to play Valverde or Kamavinga. I pro- I will have some, like, I I don't think they're great plays, but they can get there. It, it's just
1: one of the few ways that you can sort of pivot your construction a little bit. And they are players that actually do have that upside to deliver again, we got 4,400 people in this GPP. There's not that many. The player pool, I think, isn't huge. So having anyone viable who has access to a ceiling, I think you can sort of side on that. He's just super talented. I mean, I feel the same way about Luka Modric at 6,800, probably too expensive. But I mean, I'm uh, repping his jersey right now. He's one of the best to ever do it. And we've seen him just deliver for Real Madrid constantly. It's not someone you base your entire GPP strategy around. But when someone's that talented, they they just can make it happen in the top fifteen percent of their range of outcomes.
2: Absolutely, and we still we still see him show up with big games last season and this season. Modric, I mean. So yeah, that's a good point.
1: He, he's just so good. He's a he's a legend in my mind. Um, yeah, and there really just aren't that many great punt plays. Um, one in midfield that I thought is acceptable. Mohamed El Yunusi. He's been decent for Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Ryan. They haven't been playing. They're playing in something called the Atlantic Cup. It's like all these Scandinavian teams on winter vacation, they go to Portugal and play a bunch of friendlies against each other. So maybe that's even re- more reason, you know, Manchester City are perfectly match fit and the machine is roaring. It's going to be tough for Copenhagen to just face a juggernaut like that, you know, after playing, you know, Molda or some other, you know, surely decent uh, clubs, but you can't even find statistics for that competition. Anyway, I was talking about Elianussi. The thesis is he's 3,500, and there's probably a 10% chance he scores a goal. So
2: why not? Uh, yeah, definitely will play El um, We, Us and the entire RW Discord are constantly complaining about Ederson conceding. So, I mean, if you don't think he's going to keep a clean shoot in this spot, honestly, those 3,500 and 3,400 – Copenhagen guys are the most likely on their team to score from open play. El Unusi and Klaassen. Uh I like that they're the same price. I'm definitely going to make uh, a couple nice El lineups and just play the same one with Klaassen. Um Yeah, makes tons of sense, especially the, the midfield range. Just It's not great. The, the punts aren't great. Yeah, th- uh, both good plays.
1: Yeah, in in bigger slates, somehow finding these punt goals really doesn't serve as much value. Even in showdown, sometimes finding a cheap goal doesn't have as much value because there's so few spots and there's, you know, there's less way to make an impact. I think in a two game slate, it's like uniquely good to get that type of cheap goal, especially when it's tough to jam a lot of the studs. Um, yeah, I think they're definitely worth a rip. I don't think I have too much um, beyond that range at the midfield, Ryan, anyone you want to shout out before we move? Oh, we haven't talked we haven't talked too much about Chavi Simmons. I think I've talked about him a little bit. You're thinking about a GPP pivot off of a Tony Cruz type character. Um, I don't know. I like really talented players who take some set pieces. I don't really have much more to say than that. I think Leipzig can offer a bit of fight in this matchup.
2: Yeah, me too. I think, yeah, he'll probably go a little bit overlooked and yeah, I, prefer him a little bit to Danny Almo. Yeah, I think it's a good tournament play for sure.
0: Yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Well, let's move on to Defender then. I think the sore thumb here is David Raum, who's just absolutely crushing in Bundesliga right now. 4,700, taking most set pieces. Again, what, slight underdogs to Real Madrid, but that game is essentially a coin flip. So I think I'll just play him in every single lineup, Ryan. It's not like you're saving too much in salary and you're just drawing dead so many times. You might see him like 80% in the flagship GPP, and it's, that would arguably be at low in my opinion, just given how this would play out if you run it a bunch of times. So I guess, Ryan, the question is, what do we do at the second defender position? The spend-up, it's a little concerning, right? Like Kyle Walker's too expensive. Henricks is going to have to play against Vinny Jr., so good luck to him. Nathan Ake at left back, 4,400. Like these spend-up options just aren't so appealing, especially because I think City will play it a little bit more conservative as they do in knockout rounds. I don't think Ake will be bombing forward. The name that we see is our boy, Diogo Goncalves. I think I got the pronunciation right this time. 4,200, still does take some set pieces. I believe is still on penalties. Again, I was not able to find Atlantic Cup game logs to see what his role still looks like. Are we going to run it back with uh, Diogo Ryan?
2: Oh, I think you can. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he takes corner kicks and penalties. It's not a great matchup, but defender position isn't great after ROM. Yeah, ROM's just a lock. Like, it's annoying with that price. Definitely should be 6K at least in this spot. Um, So it's not even a decision there. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I'll make a lineup without without Rom, yeah and then I I haven't decided what I'm gonna do I don't know like were you prioritizing him in cash games it seems tough given the matchup with City but uh I don't know there's not really I don't know where else you go like I don't know like Mendy is 3100 I I was looking at like if you want just a stone punt but he doesn't really do much um, and yeah, I don't know, Jack, what were you thinking?
1: Um, I was kind of thinking I, I like landed on him on accident. So the two names I clicked right away when I was building my lineup out were realm and Carvajal cause Carvajal's a little bit cheap at 3,900. I thought, and I thought, okay, Ferland Mendy's there, but I think, uh, AJT in the discord, he's a Real Madrid fan. I think he made fun of me for mentioning uh, Ferland Mendy once, no, just not the most attacking player, but at 3,100, it doesn't really, Matter, you're kind of just filling a spot, and you're not losing too many people. And then I was scrolling through the cheat sheet, and I saw Ginkovis plus 450 to score, the most likely defender eligible player to score per hour. Sometimes flawed DraftKings sportsbook odds. I mean, how many guys can make a difference at the defender position on this slate, Ryan? That's one thing that's going through my mind, and. City are going to dominate possession. You know, there's not going to be too many set pieces in it for Ginkalves. I somehow just fall him anyway. I mean, would you rather play Ginkalves or Venga, you know, in a utility spot, for example? These are decisions that you might get funneled into. At least it's one that I looked at when I did my first draft.
2: I mean, the chance of a penalty kick, tough to pass up, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Those goal scoring odds, pretty good. And yet yeah, there's just there's not much else at second defender, so like if he somehow got you seven points or something that might be like what you want or you know eight points might be might end up being a pretty good score if he could do that just with a few corner kicks. I know it's a tough matchup, but yeah like i i I lean towards him still being a decent option on this slate like I mentioned mendy for thirty one hundred but yeah he he doesn't really do anything um Carvajal you, seems okay. You have no outs when you play furlan many. That's what it feels like. And
1: I don't like getting trapped in two game slates like that. Um, I don't know. But, it, you know, 4200 it's a little bit rich. I'll have to keep on thinking about it. But I think there's a, you, I don't know, you just have a penalty taker. He only needs a couple fouls drawn. I don't know. I was thinking do that or spend all the way down. It's just kind of an awkward price range, especially with players priced similar to him. So I think all of that impacts my um i'll call it a I can call it a curiosity on this slate
2: yeah um, i guess i would i would compare him to like ruben diaz and john stones i don't know i think that's a decision kind of you know uh diaz and stones for 400 500 cheaper 50 percent clean sheet upside um i don't know
1: <laughs> probably the play. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh I, I don't
2: know. It's the play if City keep a clean sheet, obviously. But yeah that's 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 it's always tough.
1: I never mind Diaz cuz he gets targeted on set pieces sometimes and uh he doesn't get too many fouls conceded, too many yellow cards as a result. So kind of a safer option as well. Um I think it's fine to scroll all the way down and play the cheapest option. Bears asking in the chat, is Willy Orban fit to start? He's 2,700. I mean, I think he's a big guy. Some Hungarian mathematician was once telling me he thought Willie Orban was a good player. So I'll just have to take him at his word. And if he's 2,700, well, you serve a purpose either way. If you're good, that's just a bonus to me. Um, But yeah, I think scrolling all the way down at your second defender, given what we've talked about, is an acceptable strategy.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Orban's fine. He's big. He scored a bunch of goals in his career. Klosterman's even cheaper, $100 cheaper. I'd, I'd rather play Orban. But yeah, I think that's a fine strategy on this slate. There's, it uh, seems like more times than usual where, um, there, like only, only one defender is going to score double digits on this slate. Uh, More often than we see on most slates, I would say. Yeah, I think that's a good point type of thing
1: that you want to consider when you make when you're making your teams bear mentioned uh, Ankerson 3300 and i don't know how he gets there with little possession but you know sometimes teams these guys can run into like tackles one or something you're really looking for the random six to seven points right ryan and most of the time that's probably going to be good enough i have nothing against Ankerson. he certainly seems like a guy who can get it done just probably on defensive stats which i think i underestimate can happen quite often so it's uh, it's worth
2: considering. Yeah, sorry, I'm just checking out uh, Benja- Benjamin Heinrichs. What it about? Seems him? Like, it seems like, just like no one re- would really play him, but he would, you know, he he could be the other one to s- score eight or nine points or whatever too, right? I mean. He's I mean more tight than back the Madrid back. guys right. oh that yeah, that, that's not great, but you know <laughs> I, I'm just just throwing it out there. I mean, yeah, if you get if like I think he's a better play than the Madrid uh, fullbacks if they all cost the same amount of money, they don't, but but still, if you sometimes raw points in in certain lineups uh, is what you're after. Yeah,
1: I mean, depending on what you play, you just might run into it, especially if you're, like, uh, playing a sesquad forward. You just might have, like, luxury money that you can throw along there. May as well do it to get upside to a fullback who can score the eight points that you want. That just I mean, he has five
2: assi- He has five assists in 25 games, you know. it's. I thought he was, something. like,
1: crushing earlier in the season. He was. Then, he was
2: crushing earlier in the season, yeah. Um, but he's always been an attacking player, and when they have sesquad in there, they're going to try to cross whenever they can.
1: Fair enough points. I'm uh, a little surprised you brought his name up, but I think those are all good
2: points. I actually wasn't considering it until just looking at how bad defender is for the most part after Rom. Like I probably probably won't. I don't even know if I'll necessarily play him, but like if you find the second best defender, it's going to go a long way. Yeah. Like it's probably, it's going to be a city guy if they keep a clean sheet, but the city guys are going to be popular and they don't always keep clean sheets. And then if they don't, it's going to be one of these other guys.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a good segue for clean sheets into a goalkeeper discussion. Normally, I'm pretty firm on a two-game slate, pay up for goalkeeper. Ryan, I find it quite difficult on this slate to find the salary to get up for Aderson. And he's a player that does not bail me out enough with saves for my liking. And, of course, I'm uh, traumatized every time I play him. I get bullied in the Rotowire Discord. Fun place to hang out, by the way, rotowire.com backslash chat. I don't know. Normally, I want to take the 12 points, and that really could separate. I'm truthfully just thinking that I think the outfield spots are pretty valuable. And right now, in my dummy lineup, I have Grabara. He's 3,600 at home. I don't know, man. I just hope I'm not down, you know. 15 points at goalkeeper, that's going to be almost impossible to deal with it in cash games. But, you know, if he gets six points, I think I'll be fine, and I think I can use that money wisely. I mean, I don't know. What, what are you thinking if you're making a cash team? Is is Aderson a priority and then you just make it work? It, it's just a little tough to find the lineup and to, to find the salary.
2: And if, <clears throat> if only I knew the answer. Uh, yeah. I don't know, Jack. It never seems to work out with with ederson um if they're the only team that keeps a clean sheet though he would probably be a pretty good play again though there's those outcomes where gribara only concedes one or two and puts up eight points and ederson puts up 10 or 12 yeah i don't know it's it's i'm not gonna have a definitive answer for you Uh, i think fading ederson's fine you mentioned he doesn't Probably doesn't have a save upside that that you'd like. Um, so like, it's either like twelve points or three. Um, yeah, I think fading is fine. We've just seen we continue to see it over and over again. Like fading Ederson has been the way to go. I know that's <laughs> not like the best analysis, um, but it's certainly worked this season for the most part. Two game slates. Yeah, my initial thought would be to play ederson and because you're gonna we're we're expecting goals in leipzig madrid Mm -hmm. um you can make it work but yeah it's tough if you if you if you spend all the way up at second forward it's if you play cruz it's pretty much impossible to play ederson it
1: it is impossible it's impossible to play if you're playing if you're playing um you know two nine k forwards and cruz it you can't make. I don't think it's possible to play. Um, and Kevin de Bruyne, of course, who's just sort of out there. It is impossible to afford Aderson. and you're also playing like that lineup has Klosterman and Willie and Willie Orban in it, which uh, doesn't feel great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, on the other hand, when you save, okay, I can play Grabara, and then what does that lineup have? Just as a sort of template. Well, oh, I screwed that up because I put the stupid Achuri lineup in there. Then you're like, okay, but I have Gincalves. That's interesting, but do you need to do that or like a Ruben Diaz type you paying all the way down a goalkeeper for that I don't know maybe there's just not enough times where everyone below 4k does really anything and you just need to prioritize getting up to the keeper who can outscore everyone by you know six or so points yeah like where really are you know. gonna use
2: where are you where's that 2200 going
1: that's the that's what I've well you said it much more concisely than I did that, that's Thank kind you. of the point. <laughs>
2: who's who's the second midfielder in cash games you know if it's not Cruz, then who's the second midfielder uh, Diaz oh yeah okay
1: I mean that's not um, like really a cash play but that's just kind of like the straw that stirs the drink I guess for lack of a better word
2: yeah well, I think a decision would be like, D- Diaz and a punt keeper, or not Diaz and Ederson? Mm-hmm. Is that sort? Could could that be a decision? At least in, in a way. Are you talking about KDB Cruz and Diaz fitting them all in? No, no, no. Sorry, no. Um, I, I was talking like so. If you have Diaz, you have Diaz at second midfielder and Grabara.
1: Yeah, but I think I was kind of spending money stupidly in that case. Like, I just fell on Goncalves and, and I had Danny Carvajal. I don't really think that's – that's probably not the best lineup
2: after spending 45 minutes discussing the slate.
1: So, yeah, it
2: I, it seems like maybe the move is to play Grabara, and then you can play Cruz. That's that's my – I guess if I was going to play Grabara, then I would play Cruz, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Or else you play Ederson and – try to make up Cruises points in a couple other spots.
1: I think those are going to be, you're going to be tinkering in the midfield range and working around yep. the utility and defenders in order to find the combination. And honestly, there's just going to be a lot of luck in this specific one instance of the simulation um, for how it goes. So I don't know. All I have to say is good luck to you for your goalkeeper about 10 minutes before kickoff. I'll let you know what I decided on and uh, you can do what you want with that information.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not exactly it it's close. It's like a twenty two hundred dollar difference, but it's mm-hmm. at least an interesting question. Like yeah. Cruz and Gribara or Addison and Valverde. I mean that two V2 costs like the same. So if you're I mean just think to yourself, what's the better 2v2? I don't necessarily have the answer, but I mean that's that's the question. Something something like that. Yeah, I think in like, at
1: least in like mean average points, which no one ever scores, I think it's worth probably like about five points. So if you think that you can find the five points from the outfield, that's the heuristic I use. So I don't know, whatever goalkeeper dark arts you want. Yeah. Well, Ryan, in tournaments, one thing I'm thinking about, which is unconventional, it's a two game slate. So there's like 25% of the time, no one keeps a clean sheet. And this just makes me want to click a lot of cheap goalkeepers. And I especially feel that way. So I feel like you just play Aderson and aim for the clean sheet, or you take the nihilistic goalkeeper approach. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't really plan on setting any rules with like, oh, I have to correlate my goalkeeper to a defender. I'm basically just saying, I hope that whatever goalkeeper I have scores six points and no one dunks. I think you can play with that sort of mentality in a two game slate, which is just weird compared to how we attack tournaments, especially. On larger slates, um, I just think if there's no clean sheets, you're probably going to want to spend on Grabara. But then again, who knows? Maybe someone just ends up with seven saves, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just random. I'm trying just to find reason in a
2: chaotic universe. No, I think that's a good way to think about it. Um, feels weird because yeah, you can even you can play Grabara with with multiple city guys, and he can get scored on once or twice in those scenarios you can finish with six points and but you need that you need that salary for the construction so yeah i know i was thinking the same thing um not really worried about pairing with a defender unless it's ederson i definitely want to pair pair ederson uh with one or two of his defenders um but yeah no you said it right um definitely gonna play some grabara yeah I I think it's fine to play him against city attackers. It's a showdown
1: juristic where sometimes we haven't
2: mentioned Gulashi, but I I like him too. I mean, clearly he's more likely to win, uh, than Gribara. Um, it is a somewhat weaker Real Madrid team. Wouldn't be shocking at all to see Leipzig win. You're already going to be playing David Rahm. Uh, not that that correlation matters, but the clean sheet, um, I guess it doesn't matter at all because everyone's playing around. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't mind Gulashi. No, I think that's a, I think that's a good play as well. I mean,
1: maybe that just makes Lunin the one that nobody clicks, and the goalkeeper that nobody clicks is probably
2: just a good play for uh, game theory reasons. And, and that's uh, the one where, where if Madrid go up, like he's the one that's going to have the most save opportunities. Yeah, uh, if Madrid take a lead, because Leipzig will just go all out. Yeah.
1: And I think Bear's saying some of this to his effect. He thinks that Real Madrid are going to play a little bit less possession, more off the break. That type of thing wouldn't really surprise me. Makes Bear less interested in, uh, in set pieces. I don't know. Maybe that's a good point about how these uh, game scripts can go. Might be a little bit more volatile a spot for Tony Cruz than we thought 25
2: minutes ago. Yeah, I, I think no, I think it. that's probably the right take. Yeah.
1: Good stuff. Ryan, I think we covered literally everyone. That was a comprehensive one, but there's a lot at stake. We got got a bunch of king in the pit. We have a couple of king of the pitch qualifiers. Got the big old 20K up top. I guess that used to be more back in the day, but you know we'll take what we get from the soccer lobby these days. Um, any final words for the people?
2: Yeah, just looking over all these players, I think the only guy we didn't mention was Rodri. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. <laughs> so you know what that means. 7,300 scored a lot of big goals this year, already five goals this year for Rodri, uh, maybe six, uh, at least five, but yeah, probably not a, a guy I'm going to get to, but you know, that low owned city piece that we've seen show up with 20 points and be on some winning lineups over the course of the season.
1: You know, tired saving 300 playing Chavi Simmons Wired spending 100 <laughs> extra for the Rodri screamer at your uh, yep. field spot. Yeah, aver- I looked at it. He's been averaging eight and a half floor points. Uh, Per game this season. Of course, he gets to dunk on a lot of easy teams in the Premier League, but it's a pretty classic city spot. So I can't wait it to is. complain about that tomorrow. I already see nope. the goal in my head. Yeah. All right, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Please like and comment on the video. Ryan and I will be back tomorrow to complain about what other Rodri goal happens. Um, yeah, and good luck. Good luck out there, to everyone. Glad Champions League is back. We will see you tomorrow.
2: Thanks, Jack. Good luck, everybody.